but let's keep moving forward. One of the things about sports and, and, and so forth is uh, they all have theme songs. That, you know, it's been a, a thing within uh, baseball teams. When they go out to the plate, there's a song that they pick out to play. And, and I thought about getting really creative uh, this week and then that, you know, I just didn't have the, uh, the time, I thought, to play you some theme songs and see if you could recognize them. You know, but there are certain things, you know, that if I started to hum it, you would get it, uh, you know, or so forth. But what, what is a theme song that you would be playing if you were a Major League Baseball player and you were walking up to the plate, what song would be played for you? What, what would you pick as your theme song? What would you pick as, as something that when someone heard it would go, ah, that Bar McDonald, you know? Or, or you would hope they would think that. You know, those of you who watch TV, you're, you're always uh, brought together with music, jingles, you know? Where you just, you know the commercial, but even if you weren't watching by what you hear, you know, McDonald's has a theme song, you know? Uh, all others have a theme song. You know, what, what would yours be? You know, I thought of this, and I, I, I didn't land on any one, you know, but I think it's good to think about this. What, what would we pick? What would people, or if somebody else could attach a song to your life, what would they attach? To it, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan. What would your brothers, maybe not your brother, that could be scary, But what would your brothers attach as a theme song to Jonathan's life? You know, yeah. Or what would you say encompasses Joel? You know, that could be fun, right? You know, well, what what would it be? Because sometimes, if we if we are willing to listen to others. We're willing to explore some of this. We may realize what we hope to be true isn't maybe coming across as we would like. Psalm 119, as we are studying and going through, has as its theme song, per se, the law of God, the Pentateuch. I think it's more than just the Pentateuch. I think the writer may have been aware of some others. But you can't read this. I mean, it's intentional from A to Z saying this is my theme song of life. The law of the Lord, the word of God, his promises. May your unfailing love, the writer says, come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promises. And so, I, I, that is where it is. As he said over and over again, your law, O Lord, your law, preserve my life with it. See, we all have the same number, and that magic number is 168. 168 hours a week. That's what you have, that's what I have, that's what Eliana has, that is what the richest person in the world has. We all have the same amount of hours. 
We can't change that. We can change lots of other things. But we all have the same amount of time. You can't get more of it. And you really can't get less of it. It will happen regardless. And so, yes, I realize that if we uh, look at our time, you know, uh, 40 hours for some of work, so you're at 128 hours, right? You know, uh, if you sleep eight hours a day, huh, you know, seven times eight is what? Six. So we're down to 74, 72 hours, 74 hours that you have to fill with something other than working or sleeping. You know, well, say, how will you spend your time this week? See, sometimes, though, we get in this habit and we get in this idea, as I was reminded uh, through one of the things I was listening to, of, of if I can't have it all, I don't even go for it. You may have motives and desires of you're going to spend uh, seven hours in the Word of God this week, but if you get thrown off, you're like, well, forget But as I was listening, sometimes we want the whole pie, but if we're not careful, we miss even having a piece of the pie. I, yeah, I saw some pies down there. They look pretty good. I, I hope they have, I would love a whole pie. I mean, wouldn't you? All right, especially if it's okay, a whole pie. But you know what? A piece of a pie is still more pie than I've had today. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we got to realize, yeah, we want the whole pie, but sometimes a piece is good enough. And we need to be willing to have a piece of the pie of God's word. Yes, I, I know the more we spend in it, the better we will be. But I also know, based on things I read and interacting with others, a lot of times we just aren't even in the Word of God. If you've not been reading the Word of God, don't shoot for an hour, shoot for five minutes. Because any is better than nothing. A piece of pie is better than no pie. We even have ice cream down there. What ice cream on your pot you want? You know, we had a fight in our house last night about sherbet ice cream. You know, we told our oldest, you know, to share with his siblings. He did, except he took two-thirds of what was left of the ice cream and gave each of his siblings a sixth of what was left. You know, and, and here was his, you know, his brother Josiah says, well, I only had two bites, and Daniel, being just like his mother, just like me, said, well, I thought it was only a bite. I said, what? He was happy there was two bites there. Sometimes we need to be excited about just a bite or two bites of God's word. We need to have more time. But sometimes, if we truly believe what the Word says here, the law from your mouth, verse 72, is more precious to me than a thousand pieces of silver and gold, then you know what? 
Even if I don't get a thousand, I'll take one. I'll take two. How will you spend your 168 hours this week? See, because the word of God, the law, reveals the heart and character of God. You want to know who God is? Read his word. The, the psalmist says, over and over, by your unfailing love, come to me. Will you continue to preserve my days? Remember your word, for in your word there is hope. Your promises preserve life. This is someone who is, whether he could give it all, he got something. He says, I have this character of God in mind. character of God. There is no, within, and here's interesting, because sometimes we, we think of the law, what do we think of? We think of the Ten Commandments, we think of the rules, we, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt do this, and we can easily come across with the law being a legalistic structure of what one ought to do or not ought to do. But here in Psalm 119, there is no shred of legalism there. But there's a whole lot of the heart of God. We spoke and we sang of God's holiness. But we also read in the law that the time when, when we read from the mouth of Moses, the Lord is compassionate on whom he will be compassionate. He is slow to anger. And when Moses said, I want to see your face, we read, he allowed, God said, my goodness will pass before you. May we never try to dull down the, the word of God to a list of things one ought to do, for it is much greater than that. Will it teach us how to live? Absolutely. And over and over again, the, the psalmist of 119 talks about obeying and living out the word of God. But we read scripture to know God. If you're reading scripture just to find a way of living, you're, you're going to miss it. If you're reading scripture just to uh, have more information about life, about God, you're missing it. If you're reading scripture so that you can use it to tell somebody else how awful they are, you're missing it. But if you're reading scripture to find the heart of the creator, the created you, created me in his image, then you're on the path of life. Sometimes I wonder if we don't miss this point. And we make almost, in our own way, scripture to be another idol, replace the author of it, but we're so worried about the words of it. We miss the heart of the writer behind it. I don't think, I, you know, I, we should take the word of God serious. We should see that it is useful. We know it is instructive. But you know what? It's not just those things. In Scripture, we read about God and who He is. And in so doing, in scripture, we will find true freedom. Verses 45 through 48, we read this. You know, I will walk about in freedom. I will not be put to shame. 
because of his commands. I think of Paul and the list in Galatians 5 where he talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And against such things, there are no law. We can't create a law that makes gentleness wrong. I've yet to see it in any, actually, dictatorship. I've never heard of, oh, sorry, Gerald, you can't be gentle. You must be harsh today, you know. It wouldn't make, no. At the same time, we can't make a law that requires gentleness. It's not going to happen. It's a good thing. It's the right thing. But I really don't want Calvin looking over me, getting ready to write a ticket every time I'm not gentle. You don't have enough tickets in your book, you know, uh, you know, for that. But when you're obeying God's word, there is freedom. With it, Jesus said this in John eight: "The truth you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." And if the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. Now, does that mean we are free to do whatever we want? No, Jesus never said you are now free and need to do whatever you want. No. It's not freedom to believe whatever we want either. For also in the Gospel of John, in the 14th chapter, towards the end, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's not a freedom to believe whatever you want. It's not even a freedom to be your true self. For if we read scripture, we will understand as Psalm 119 is really pointing out, the true self are those who will uh, taunt one another. Those who will, uh, will go after people. You know, it, it says, though the wicked bind me with ropes, we would be that. You know, uh, we would be the ones that uh, forsake the law of God. We would be the ones who would lie, who would be callous, who would be unable to feel. That is the nature of humankind. Not how we were created to be, but due to sin, that is how we become. As we read scripture, we see that those who, who are, are most uncaring and callous tend to go against what God wants. And in a way that I don't understand fully, we see as they harden their hearts, God allows them to be hardened no more. I think primarily to this day of Pharaoh of Egypt. He hardened his own heart, and God allowed him to harden it some more. Why? Only God in his wisdom knows. Some of it was to show who the character of God, which is not just a character of judgment, but of hope, of love, of calling people by name. So as we start to see the truth, as we start to see the freedom that we can have, we must learn to repent of our ways. I'm becoming convinced the older I get, which I realize I'm still young, right, Joyce Bullock? Alright. I realize that I'm still young, but the more I'm doing this, 
the more I believe that true Christian maturity is not just holiness, but it is grace. I think they go hand in hand, to be honest with you. I think as we grow in grace, we will live differently. But it isn't so much about just uh, how right I live. But can I be gracious to myself and others when I mess up? Am I willing to love them enough to still be gracious? You see, because one of the negative side effects of Scripture, if you're going to read Scripture, here's the negative side effect. You will realize how messed up you are. It's true. At least I hope so. That sounds odd, doesn't it? Work? But I want you to see how messed up you are, right? Doesn't make sense. This is just another reason why I'm crazy, right? Yeah, okay. He actually thought about the last one a little bit. Alright? But, but the truth is, if we read Scripture more, we will go, oh my goodness, I messed up there, and I messed up there, and I messed up there. And I, and I really, I start to realize that I, I can't be looking at the sin of George, you know. And Bonnie, I won't tell you what I saw George do yesterday, okay? Yeah, I know, she's already rolling her eyes and everything. She's going, I, I don't want to know. Ignorance is bliss. You know? But, but I can't be focused on somebody else when I'm letting the word of God, the light of the Lord, shine in me. I'm going to go, oh yeah, you better take care of this, and I can't deal with that yet until this is taken care of. Maybe that's why Jesus said, first take out the plank in your own eye. And then I can see the sawdust in Barbara's eye. With the measure I judge her, so it will be measured to me. I sure hope God gives me grace, but I better be showing now the grace. When he buys another toy, but I think, man, he could have given me something. You know? Right, no. When we read scripture, We'll see it. When we read scripture and we get the sight of who Christ is, we realize how poor of a reflection we are. And all we can say is shine your light in. Okay, and clean me up a little bit. Refine me a little bit. We will learn to repent of our ways. In a way that we will be gracious and loving to those who sin. Because you know what? The world's going to sin. You know that? The world's going to sin. If Christians, if we, as Christ followers, who have the Holy Spirit in us, and we have that, if we sin, what about the one who doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't have the Spirit of God in them? You think they're going to sin? Yes. That's why. You should never be surprised when unchristians act like non-Christians and highlight sin and rejoice in sin. We must show them a different way. We must be people of the word because we know by the unfailing love of God his salvation will come according to his promises which remind us that bad times and be redeemed. Bad times. I don't know what bad has happened to you this week. I know my kids would say it was the ice cream incident. That was bad for them. You know, their brother tipped them out of good ice cream. Yeah. They also thought black cherries were bad. He did not. 
you know, a little bit of redemption going on there. But we read here in these verses, especially uh, verse 71, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I may learn your decrees. He only said that on the back end. Okay? Only said that on the back end. But see, if our bad times push us to Christ, guess what? That's a win. That's a win. Each and every time. That's why, you know, one of my things with, with, with people that are very anxious and, and it runs rampant in our world, and I know it's in our own place here, and I have my own issues with anxiety. But if our anxiety will drive us to prayer, you're not being anxious about anything, that's normally where we stop. But Paul said, but in everything by prayer and supplication, if your anxiety drives you to the throne of grace, let it drive you to the throne of grace. Because there you will find hope and healing. There your anxiety can be redeemed. But Peter also says, cast your anxiety upon him, for he cares for you. It says over and over in this psalm and in our portion here that when he turns to God, he finds grace and love. And it, even though at times it seems that this psalm is just one person, it's all about him, like he's alone, he, he utters these words, I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your ways, your precepts. And truly, you are never alone. Not just because of the Holy Spirit, but there is always somebody in our world who's also trying to walk the path that you are walking. You are never really alone. Even though the world may try to isolate you, even though the world may try to criticize you, and it will, you are never alone. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your ways. And then he utters the words of 66, verse 66. Teach me knowledge and good judgment. I translate this, teach me knowledge and good wisdom. Wisdom is what we need in our world. But the one story of the Old Testament, of scripture that we would be reminded of, the story of Solomon as he was uh, getting ready to uh, ascend to the throne and, and he's opening up the temple and, 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 and God says, I tell you what, Solomon, ask for anything and I'll give it to you. Ask for anything. I mean, the closest thing we have was a $1.2 billion mega million. I didn't win, okay? I don't care, Larry. You know, I realized you have to play to win and I didn't even play. Uh, that was the closest thing of ask for anything because even after taxes at $600 million, uh, there's not much you can't have. You can gain all the knowledge in the world for that, but it doesn't mean you have wisdom. And I know people who have fairly, as the saying goes, two nickels to rub together, but they shouldn't have wisdom. 
we need wisdom. We need a wisdom not just to understand this, but how to effectively live this out faithfully in the 21st century. The words aren't going to change. The principles don't change. But how we live them out does. Does. We need wisdom to see. And probably the best decision that Solomon ever had. He asked for wisdom. Now I would submit to you, after many years, he stopped using it. And he gathered more and more stuff, more and more people, more and more chariots. But see, when you have those things, you don't think you actually need wisdom. Because you've got it all in this. <laughs> but I submit to you that wisdom, as scripture would say, is the way of life. Wisdom is what our world needs. We don't need just new leaders. That would be true. We don't just need good teachers, but we need good teachers. We don't just need good pastors or better pastors. So probably so. We need wise teachers. A wise teacher. And when they see that kid that is asleep at 8 o'clock in the morning, too early for a kid to be there anyways. I mean, David's going to be in school by 8 o'clock. You know, that kid who's asleep isn't disrespecting. Maybe the wise teacher will go, I wonder what kind of home he's in. Uh, I remember years ago when I had a place in our schools as a youth pastor, associate minister, whatever you wanted to call me in those days, I worked with people that I sat across from them and they got in trouble. And I would talk with them. And they told me that they heard gunshots out their window the night before. And that when they get home, their first order of business is what food is there so their elementary kids, brothers and sisters, can eat that day. And I want to know why he fell asleep in math class and when the teacher said something, he kind of retorted, not appropriately? Huh. Maybe that person is asleep because that is the safest that's, that's hard. Is it not? Maybe we can't even fathom that a first grader, a third grader, the only safe place they have is in a classroom where they know their love. No wonder they act out some you saw them? Yes. But you know what? My kids act the worst. Not around you all. Thank the Lord. Around us at home. Because they feel safe. They feel safe. We need wisdom to help you. May it truly be true. For the words of Psalm 119 would be our theme song. Here verse 54. Are the theme song, theme of my song, wherever I may be. Be good to your servants according to your word, O Lord. For you are good 
And what you do is good. May we come to see that this week. So I ask, kind of what I started out with, what would you do with the 168 hours? Just be whittled down to maybe about 70, 75 hours after destructions. How would you use that? What would be the theme of that? Where will you come to see the words of life? How? Will you be able to live it out? That the law of God, the word of God, is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Not that silver and gold are bad, but they are not bad. They cannot. We you pray with them? Father God, we thank you for this. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can come and worship you in spirit and in truth. For your word that is life, it is precious. And so, Lord, as we continue on in worship, as we get ready to feast to some extent on uh, what you are doing in life, Lord, I ask that you would help us to see you more clearly. Help us to know you in a way of, that is better this week. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, be with us always, that we may uh, see you, that we may love you, and that we may love others. Give us wisdom to know what real love is, so that we may have life and be able to point people to love, so that they may come to know you. Lord, I just thank you for this time, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing down this hymn.